RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Are we running the uh, Eagle Moss ad? No, no Eagle Moss ad tonight. As far as I know, we're on right now, though. So, oh, are we really? Uh, okay, yeah. So, so what I'm watching. Say, yeah. episode. I'm sorry. I, I thought I was watching the new one. Please continue, Mr. Jack. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Here we are, flying in by the seat of our pants. <laughs> hey, did you miss this? It's Mission Log Live, and I'm John Champion. And I'm Ken Ray. I'm watching an old episode of Mission Log Live, by the way. <laughs> kind of exciting. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know the old saying, the show must go on. Well, it didn't for one week, and then it didn't, uh, you know, for another week. But here we are now, uh, this week, with something live, uh, still testing the waters, still rebuilding to bring something new uh, to our Star Trek pals every Tuesday night. Hey, guess what I forgot to do? And tonight we're figuring this out. You can probably tell. Huge thanks to Mission Log listener Earl Green, who has stepped in with the producing duties as we uh, continue to, you know, figure out what the heck's going on. I will say this right away from a technical end of uh, production, you know, this whole thing. Um, it's not easy for anybody, especially anybody to just sort of step in. And so uh, kudos to Earl. We really do appreciate it. And if everybody's cool, um, we're hoping to be back up and running for full capacity next week. Like one of the great things about Mission Log Live is we take calls. Oh, not so fast. Uh, probably not doing that this week because we're trying to get all the other kinks ironed out. But certainly we're hoping to get back to calls. Well, golly, next week, because next week, John, we're going to be talking about a new episode of Discovery. We are. Discovery will be coming up. That's kind of amazing. So since we're still putting all the pieces together, we won't have our usual call-in segment tonight, as Ken said, but we will still be reading your questions and comments from Facebook. So you can drop those in to the Facebook chat. And Oh, oh, wait, we see you there. We see you there right now. In fact, there's Rick, there's David, there's Carlos, there's John, there's Alan Perry, there's Dave Taylor, Nathan, Lars, so many friends stopping by to say hi. There's Narda, uh, Chuck, our old friend Chuck Joyner, Ken, there to say hi to us. Um, nice. And then and some shout outs to Earl, uh, saying Earl is cool and yay Earl. And way to go, Earl. I, I can't disagree with any of that. So thank you to everybody who is popping in to say hi. And please do remember to put your questions in that chat tonight uh, so we can carry on the conversation with you. So uh, thanks. It's good to be back. And, uh, you know, tonight, tonight we're just going to sort of play it fast and loose. So um, we also want to welcome our guests. We do have guests who are going to be joining us a little later tonight, all the way from the world of podcasting. Wow, weird. It's two guys, one track, Ira Heineken and Josh McClenney. We will meet them in just a moment. Go away. Go away. Go away. All right. But what's coming up? As Ken said, next week on the show and for the weeks after that, it is the start of Star Trek Discovery Season 2 on Thursday, January 17th. Our plan is to discuss those episodes every week live with you as we did with season one so when disco is on we are all up in the disco and when disco goes away we will get back to topical discussions and interviews with guests and of course all along the way your comments and questions you know funny thing ken that i mentioned disco season two because uh, we dropped a poll question out there about disco season two well kind of Kinda. Well, I mean, are you going to watch, uh, are you going to rewatch season one before uh, season two starts is the poll question that we have. Uh, it's getting a little late for that, unless you're on holiday or something like that, because uh, we're recording this or going live on Tuesday night. Uh, Star Trek Discovery starts on Thursday night. So I guess we you know, could ask, did you or are you finishing up a rewatch before you go in? I started thinking about the, uh, the last episode of Discovery again, or the last episode of season one. Yeah. I think I know how the last episode of season two ends. Wait, already? Yeah. Okay. Based on season one. I think you could skip season one and I could tell you how season three starts. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair yeah, enough. I'm not going to do it now. Okay. <laughs> and that's not based on anything I've heard from anybody. It's just, it's just something that's been kicking around in my head. So, you know, we'll okay. see if I'm right in like a year, year and a half. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. the poll question, will you rewatch season one of discovery? Uh, before season two begins, uh, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash mission log pod. Is that right? Mission log pod. Yes. Yeah, yeah, facebook.com slash yeah. mission log pod. And uh, that poll question will be up for the next week. So uh, have at. 
there is a slim majority right now saying that they will rewatch or maybe they have rewatched season one before season two, 52% who say that they have or that they will. Um, I, here's the thing. I, I, I would have liked to have rewatched season one uh, mm-hmm. before season two, but not necessarily because I feel like I need it as background going into season two. I wanted to rewatch discovery because you and I did our jobs here. We did the week by week, play by play, discussing it, picking it apart with our listeners, which was a great experience. But the thing is, as you and I talked about from before the time discovery went on the air, the whole deal was that it was one story told in 15 parts. Well, mm-hmm. uh, Minus the, the prologue, which was the, the uh, Battle of Binary Stars. Okay, but, but I, I feel like, you know, we, we get so mired in the individual episodes that we don't really have a chance to take a step back. And I would have liked to have watched the whole thing all the way through, knowing what's coming. Because sometimes I feel like you can actually appreciate something a little better if you know the spoilers, if you know the twists, because then you're watching it a very different way. You're not watching it just waiting for the twist to get revealed. Hmm. I understand what you're saying. I don't regret Good. not watching it again. I mean, it's, I mean, it's yeah. fine. I will probably go back and watch it again at some point. I mean, the parts that stuck out, I mean, still stick out in my head. Like, I still remember... Um, Oh, uh, uh, the episode uh, Dance With Me for Science. I can't remember what the episode was actually called, but that part where, you know, the, the Gorgamander was there and they kept going back in time over and over oh, again. Oh, sure. Harry Mudd yeah, was yeah. doing his thing. Uh, magic also- to make the Venus man go mad. Or, yes. Yeah. And yeah. then there's also the one in Latin that I can't remember the name of, but uh, the one where we went, um, where Saru went kind of nutty and nearly killed yeah. everybody because he was happy for the first time. Right. The big episodes kind of stick with me. The plot points kind of stick with me. Um, and you know, I'll probably go back and watch it again at some point, but I'm, I'm mostly, I'm just excited to see, uh, I'm excited to see, uh, Anson Mount's take on Pike, uh, Rebecca Romaine's take on, uh, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Apparently there won't be a voice. I really wish there was going to be a voice. It's interesting because yeah. I was listening to our guests earlier and they were talking about what a Herbert, uh, what a Herbert um, <laughs> McCoy was. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I wouldn't mind seeing somebody's take on that because the, the doctor that we have right now, I mean, is well, uh, Culber of course is no longer with us, but I mean, the guy who's sort of the science guy on the show is, is kind of weird. He does not fill that sort of curmudgeonly role. Um, I don't think anybody actually does in discovery right now. Do they? And what's Star Trek without a curmudgeon? Well, seriously, Animal Dower, say what you want. I say, I say, bring back Pulaski. Well, not don't bring her back because I love Pulaski. Yes. Yeah, the the Pulaski files. That could be one of the Star Trek series. Yes. 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 All right. Well, I imagine that our guests might have a thing or two to say about all of this or maybe nothing. Maybe nothing at all. I'm not entirely sure, but let's welcome them now. So you know them Hello. from their world-famous podcast, Two Guys, One Trek. Here they are joining us now is Ira Heineken. And, did I get that right? World-famous. Oh, 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 world world yes. <laughs> yeah. Hyping us up. Jeez. Oh, yes. So Josh McClenney and Ira Heineken, there, there they are. Welcome to the show, guys. Glad to have you. And uh, now, all right, before we get too deeply into this, though, neither of you have watched Discovery, right? Josh has not. I have. Not me. Yeah. I have watched all of season one. Yeah. I have not watched any of the shorts, though. I haven't seen yeah. Discovery at all. Yeah. None of it at all. Okay. So let me tell you what happens. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler! Everyone dies. <laughs> oh, okay, so you have watched it then? Yeah, yeah, right. Yes. Exactly. Not everyone does. I can but, confirm you know. that everybody does. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. Well, I, I want you guys to tell your story. Uh, for those in our audience who have not seen or have not listened to Two Guys One Track, go ahead and give us the uh, the elevator pitch version of what you did. Oh man. Elevator, per, ele, elevator pitch of, of what the podcast is or, or yes. the Genesis origin story? Yeah, well, tell us what the podcast is, and then you can tell us a little bit about that, that origin story. Um, yeah, so Two Guys, One Trek um, was, well, I guess it's kind of tied into the origin story. Yeah, I mean, a bit. Which, yeah. which is that um, Josh was working his way for the first time through all of the different Trek series. Yeah, I came along late to the Trek party. Um, later on, completely late. And I started with uh, 
TNG, TNG and then worked with Deep Space Nine, yeah. Voyager, Enterprise. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the whole time that he was watching, I was like, dude, you've got to watch the original series. Mm-hmm. And it was just taking so long mm-hmm. that finally <laughs> we were playing golf one day. Yep. Uh, true story. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bro, we, we should sit down and watch it together. Yeah. And if we're going to do it, because Josh and I have known each other for years. We did sketch comedy together, mm-hmm. uh, wrote some stuff together. So yeah. we've always been very project kind of oriented with each other. Yeah. And I was like, well, if we're going to sit down and do something like that, we might as well make a project out of it. <laughs> Um, and so we sat down and, and started watching the original series together. Our tagline that we ended up coming up with that kind of sums up the show is Trek is best watched with a friend. Yeah. Um, and it is. Yeah. <laughs> and so we actually sat down, you know, with a couple of drinks in our hands and ate some pizza, watched Star Trek and like, yeah, kind of dove into the crazy wackiness and amazingness that is the original series. And that's where we started from. I was kind of nervous starting off with it uh, just because he's such a Trek, you know, he's a, he's a Trek professional, really. Um, So he knows all about Trek. And I was, again, like I said, I was still new at it and I didn't really know if I could hang. That was my biggest fear in starting it. I'm going, Oh my God, can I, can I hang with somebody that's, a longtime Trek fan and that's watched many of the movies in all the movies and all the series. And I'm just kind of getting out of it, beginning to watch this original series that many people have seen and that I've not seen. But you all. really knew your stuff. I mean, you had watched like 600 hours sure. of Star Trek <laughs> up to that point. I mean, it's not like it was brand new. Time well spent. But it was really, really cool. Yeah. I remember the hook for me for the show was it was so cool. Mm-hmm. To be able to sit down and watch that show with you, you have never having seen it before. At all. Like, we, I don't know if you guys remember what, well, you do, because we're watching Discovery. That's why Discovery is so amazing. But you only get to watch something for the first time once, you know? Like, yeah. magical and that was that was yeah. super, super interesting unless you have head trauma yeah <laughs> <laughs> let me let me ask really quickly so josh uh-huh. even though you had not watched tos had you watched the tos movies no no not, not at all really I, I, how, I how did you oh dude you missed my christmas movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, but so that was also i mean so we've at this point in the podcast we've mm-hmm. released three of the three seasons so the first three seasons of tos and then we realized we weren't done yet because no. there was the animated series. We wanted to keep going. <laughs> so we made up. Yeah, so we were just like, <laughs> uh, we still had the animated series yeah. and then we still had the movies, which yeah. is really like, that was kind of the thing that we first started talking about. We actually didn't start off talking yeah. about the original series, the show you picked right. to me. Cause I wanted to watch the movies. Yeah, he wanted to watch the movies with me. He was for like, me like, when I was a dude, kid, it was the movies where it was, was when Trek got real. Yeah. I mean, it was like big and like wide eyed. And yeah. I, one of my favorite movies growing up when I was a kid was Star Trek for the voyage home. The one with the whales. It, sure. Um, Such a good movie. Yes. <laughs> animated Robin Hood. Those were like my two childhood movies. So yeah, but in order to get there, it was like, well, I, I, I just knew that it was going to be so much more impactful mm-hmm. to get acquainted with those characters. We and, took the and, long way around to and, get, you know, to yeah, yeah, but, but it was time through, it was so well spent. It. Yeah, it was. So and I, I think that's what created the nervousness. I'm going like, Oh, I, I'm going to go in and I'm going to really get to know these characters. And again, could I hang? I didn't even know who Scotty and bones were. I thought they were the same person. Honestly, I didn't know. I didn't really know. Who, I knew Kirk and I knew Spock and that was kind of it. And I, everybody else was a little bit of a blur and a little bit of the crossover from TNG. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So or TNG, the, you know, the, the, the later show. I knew of people, but I was like, Oh, well, I don't really know what you do on the ship and what this, what the whole thing is about. So, you know, it was, but I really, really happy. To Long story short, Josh, hates. <laughs> 100 plus episodes later yeah. not my thing yeah yeah moved on fast. moved on <laughs> well uh carlos carlos in the chat has a very relevant uh question he says were you living in a cave um, uh, yes probably yeah yeah okay. I, I just i i was i just never it never came across his skin tone is is makeup <laughs> <Exactly>. um, <laughs> He's currently still looking for his precious. Okay, good, good. 
Yeah, I just well, I, I mean, it, look, it's it just sort of, I, it, you know, I, I realize that my experience is my own experience, but, yeah. I, you know, I remember growing up watching the original series. So, every, you know, everything that came after it came well after that. It, was, it all came from that origin of the, the Kirk, Spock, McCoy yeah. series and right. those movies. And it's just hard for me to think about, even at a time when Next Gen was on the air, mm-hmm. not then seeing the TOS cast movies yeah. that yeah. that went on through to 91 i guess yeah, and with, i mean uh, and we talked we talked about it we so we've recorded the next two seasons so we've already watched the animated series and and the and the movies we just haven't yeah. released those yet yeah so we've worked through we've worked through those and we talked about that actually we did. like how big star trek really was during that time yeah i mean it was yeah. it it was huge it was definitely huge yeah but that just goes to show even when something's super, super popular like that, the audience that it can reach is still incredibly enormous. Yeah. It's sort of like it's sort of like I'm super into wings. And then somebody says, oh, you should also hear the Beatles because Paul McCartney was in a band before Wings. <laughs> yes. you know? No, totally. That yes. completely, yeah. completely Absolutely. makes sense. Be- Beatles? Yeah, like, but, like yeah. the insects? I hear <laughs> right. I, I know of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> like Beatles. Like- right. That's a good point, though. But I, I bet you there are still people who are like, oh, is that the Beatles? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah, it, it's it's it was unconventional the way I started watching Trek and I was late to the party uh, completely. And even when I was but it, but the, the great thing about Star Trek that I really love and the thing that really that really warms my heart about it is the fact, you know, immediately when you're a fan. No matter when you start watching, no matter what show you start yeah. watching, I've had people start watching that I've that I've converted into watching Star Trek, and they've started on Deep Space Nine, right. you know, and yeah. they've started on other shows, and they're like, "Wow, I, cause I I go, you know, you may like, you may want to start on this show, and if you like it, you'll know immediately." Yeah, and that's what I really love about Star Trek. I knew, I agree. The first episode, I was like, I think this is my thing. Star Trek, you're kind of in on or you're not completely. It either it either really works for you and like there's such an aesthetic with it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I don't don't, go ahead. Well, I don't want to I don't want to keep treating you, Josh, like, you know, some sort of, you know, uh, weird lab (laughs) experiment. But that's fun. I'm used to that. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It is fun. And plus, we can charge like two bits a gander. So that'll be fantastic. But two bits a gander. <laughs> See the one headed, two headed boy, boy born with only one head. <laughs> oh, that's an old. Oh, well, now you just reminded me of a whole other thing. But uh, let me. All right. So here's, here's my question, though. Did you know? did you know enough to know, okay, well, Kirk's a sexist jerk because that's sort of the premise that people go into it with a lot of times. And I don't, I don't agree with that. Honestly, I know that when we started doing our rewatch for mission log, Uh um, I was kind of coming in with that. Yeah. Love him and leave him Kirk, whatever. And you get a little bit of that in season three, but he's a much more well-realized character, I think, than, than, well, then, then people realize if they're not actually sitting down to really pay attention. So I'm curious, were there any preconceived notions that you came in with, either they got reinforced by, you know, actually sitting and watching it all the way through for the first time, or they got blown away by doing that rewatch or watch, I guess I well, should say. I, I would say we didn't really get love them and leave them, did we? No, no, we didn't. We didn't get that. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the thing about the podcast that we did and we immediately did kind of subconsciously is we sort of <laughs> put ourselves. I was going to say you had a very visceral reaction to the very first episode. Like the, the way I experienced things is I and really, Kirk specifically. Exactly. I, mm-hmm. I really, I really try to put myself in watching or doing anything. I really try to put myself in the shoes and in the position of, of the thing that I'm watching. I try to put myself in the movie. I try to put myself there. So I kind of planted us, you know, subconsciously on the ship and I just the first reaction that I had of Kirk was that he was just incredibly dangerous. <laughs> so, so afraid of your life. There was no windows. <laughs> no orders. That's you know, right. Like, the windows. It was, it 
was terrified. You were so like, upset about the windows. Because I, I kept going like, what if what if I was a young ensign and this jackass just told me, you like, oh, excuse me, this this guy just told me to to sign on to this great mission that we're going to go discover planets, we're going to go see stars, visit new new species, and I have this windowless box of a room that I have to sit in, and 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 he's running on mission, and he's sending and red shirts. Are people are dying, guys. The death. Yeah. The death count on the I mean, the death count on the original series is yeah. well well documented. Yes, exactly. But that really that real I, I that really that was, was a big takeaway. That was the first reaction. I thought early on incredibly dangerous. We actually hit on a thing when we were watching uh, uh, TNG, you know, because there are a thousand people on on the enterprise d yeah and we hit on a thing that like you know what about the so we sort of cast ourselves we're the guys peeling potatoes down in the galley and that's a very dangerous place to be well no here's the thing though so we're just down there peeling potatoes and then it's like you know auto destruct set five minutes and we're like they're like you know like like picard's like well there's nothing we can do yeah we're gonna have to blow up the ship and like 980 people basically the 20 people who aren't like right next to the bridge are like hang on yeah one more time yeah somebody's having a bad day it would seem that's what i was thinking with kirk and then he's just sending red shirts down like it's nobody's business and then coming back up you know cracks a joke with spock and cracks a joke with bones and everything's fine the rest of the red shirts are like where is tommy like people where is tommy he went but he never came back but he okay but we, we should say kirk did win you over he did do you when do you remember when that was oh man i kind of but then you probably know better i he won me over at se- several different times like there's one episode in particular a couple times won me over so when when do you think when when do you what's think? the name of the episode you can never remember the the, uh, the city yes best the, the city best. On the <laughs> of, of tomorrow forever. we're just gonna wait we're, we're gonna wait to figure it out <laughs> exactly yeah city on the edge of forever that, very good very that's, good that's that's the one where he he sold me he showed me i mean that i'm a sucker for a love story for number one you know, so yeah. that was in there. And it just, it was the first one that I saw that was l- less tongue in cheek and a little more cinematic. And it's, a- yeah, man, it, it's great. He meets a girl and 48 minutes later, she's dead. That's, uh, you know, that's a <laughs> great, great love story. <laughs> See? Yeah, that was that episode, man. Yeah, that's, that's so good. I think afterwards yeah. we were, we went, oh my God, that was a really yeah. great episode. Like, that was fantastic. Like, they had good episodes before that. Balance of Terror. Was- that was another one that's where Kirk was really, really good. That's right. In particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> They're not saying our favorite one. I think we need to kick them off. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. I think you're one? right. Uh, uh, the Corbin might maneuver. Corbin we, might, yeah. we have, we have, oh, no. We love the Corbin might maneuver. Good. Okay. Good. Oh, please. You would have said that now if I said turn about intruder. That doesn't count. That was the first one because that was when Kirk is in his chair doing the bluff. And you're like, all right. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm picking oh, up what you're putting down. Oh, that's right. That was one of the very first ones that won you over on Oh, Kirk. man. See, I don't remember the titles all the time. It's just I watched it, you know. And then Tiny Ron through. Howard with the man voice. <laughs> Ron Howard. <laughs> no, tiny, uh, tiny, um, tiny Clint Howard. Tiny Clint Howard. Sorry, Clint Howard. Howard. Yeah. Howard. Yeah. And right. Hedy LaRue. And Hedy, Hedy LaRue. Hedy LaRue oh, was, here's the Hedy. That, for whatever reason, that was the name of, uh, of, of the puppet. That they used, yeah. Hedy LaRue. That's nice. (laughs) I like that. That's good. Well, so I'm curious, then, Ned. You went through this whole process, and and you watched every episode. You did your recording. Did you uh, do block recordings, or did you like one a week, or how did you go about it? I'm just curious how much saturation of Star Trek you had. We would we would double it up, double it up, and if we weren't feeling two three sheets to the wind, we would try to do three. But usually it was two. (laughs) Nice. Okay. What about the decision? I'm curious about the decision to actually release a season at a time. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thought behind that was um, that we we kind of envisioned it being a companion piece to Mm. to watching the the shows, Um, and people don't watch one episode a week. Yeah, Um, and so we. 
that that was that was that was the main thought behind it too but later on it became it's just it, it's a lot of work to put them together mm-hmm. uh they we we edit them down so they're not too long and and we always play a, a, a couple clips you know in the middle of, uh, of from the actual episode so there's like some production value yeah, that it, goes it into takes it some time to- and it was just kind of easier to batch to yeah. batch those um, not so good for building an audience. No. Um, but somehow we've been very blessed and managed to find an audience regardless. So, yeah. Well, so that's kind of the nice thing about a podcast. though, is once you get it out there, it's out there forever. Yeah. And, it and it, content, you know, like, yeah, we're going to be watching Star Trek for forever. And that's why you, you guys will live forever in mission log. <laughs> That's um, terrifying. Yeah. It, it is. It really is. Right? Your face dropped. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, but you have this body of work out there. You have these episodes that you did, and they they continue to gain an audience. So, if you go back and look at yeah. your numbers, I'm sure they keep going up. So, do you plan to do anything else after this now, related to Star Trek, or to continue what you started? Funny, you should ask. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Wait, we actually, folks. We did not plan this. <laughs> no, it's true. We didn't go put on our hats. <laughs> no, we do actually have. So we've well, first of all, we've still got we've got two more seasons. We're gonna sometime this year the mm-hmm. the animated series will come out. Um, that's just a, a work and time issue. It's yeah. you know, like I mentioned, it takes a lot to put them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that'll be coming sometime this year, and 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 the movie. So there'll be two more seasons mm-hmm. of TG One T. But we just started a brand new project called Film School. Yeah, uh, which is another podcast, um, very similar format. <laughs> two guys one track. But um, Josh is a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, as, as his day job. And I'm a writer uh, in part as our day jobs. We're still getting there. Yeah. Um, but uh, hence the name film school, yeah. not film experts. <laughs> we're learning to, um, but we're sitting down uh, and watching great movies um, together and then kind of uh, dissecting the storytelling and the filmmaking from that uh, and recording it as a podcast. Yeah. So that's our new project film school. All right. So I'll, I'll throw out some suggestions. Uh, the big bus uh, I, I definitely hope you add that in there with uh, Stockard Channing about the the uh, world's first nuclear powered bus. Oh, nice! Really, you're going to do that? Uh, duh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do. We, we do have a list, but what's your other one? Yeah. Okay, uh, uh, Beyond the Poseidon Adventure, starring Michael Caine and Sally Field and uh, Telly Savalas. Poseidon Adventure. Oh, yeah. dude. Yeah. Oh, okay. So are these are these B movies? I'm like these are terrible, terrible movies. Yeah. Okay. Right. So yeah. we're good. Definitely. We are <laughs> okay. going to be doing that at yeah. some point. No uh, question. But I was starting. I was going to I was going to suggest the fish who saved Pittsburgh, which is also Stockard Channing. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, on the title those, of those mystery science th- I'm so in on that. <laughs> um, we are we are starting though with um, in the complete other direction. Yeah. We're doing AFI's top 100 films yeah. uh, to start with. Oh, and those. Then, and then we'll branch out from that. <laughs> oh, 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 the awards. So <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I want to jump over to the chat real quick because uh, some good comments here. Uh, when we asked you what you're doing next, uh, John Hazard says they're running for president. So uh, that's that's cool the thing, president. right? Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> so you could do that. Uh, uh, Chris Riker says, "Are we getting to the Escape Artist?" So uh, the Escape Artist was the last of the four Trek shorts. Oh, and uh, last week we won't be able to do that actually, because or actually week before last we won't be able to do that because both of our guests have not watched that. I will tell you though, as a spoiler, I really oh, liked it. Want to? <laughs> uh, Ken, did did you watch it? Yes. I haven't seen it, but... And did you like it? Yeah, sure. I don't okay. quite understand. I mean, so you've got Harry Mudd and another adventure with a bunch of robots, which yeah. I mean, isn't going to happen for another 10 years until we get to I Mud. So that was kind of a surprising thing. I mean, reaching mm-hmm. back, first of all, for the character and then reaching back for something else like that yeah. was kind of weird. Um, I will say, not that anybody asked, but I will anyway. I think it was my least favorite of the three. Oh, interesting. Yeah. For a lot of people, it was their, it was their favorite. Of, really? Uh, yeah. 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 Well, Rain, Rain Wilson did a fantastic job um, 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 directing it. Yeah. I mean, there's, no, there's nothing structurally wrong with it. It's just the other three stories sort of caught me a bit more. Um, they, they played more to my wheelhouse. So, yeah. See, I, I thought it was uh, much like how people wanted us to appreciate uh, I Modern Buds Women. It was fun. 
it, yeah. it was a fun episode with Harry Mudd, but I got more out of the other shorts, uh, particularly like Calypso, where you just told this deeply complex romance story that played out in you know 12 minutes and uh, and really gave you something to chew on and something to think about. So yeah. that, just about every other one of the short tracks, I was like, oh, that was too short. And that's when I was like, no, nah, it's fine. <laughs> right. Okay. So there you go, Chris. That, that is uh, uh, Ken's informed opinion and my informed opinion about. Uh, oh, wait. And Ken, Ken just spoiled the ending. Well, sorry about that. But yes, uh, that is indeed what we do on this show is we spoil things <laughs> over and over. We're now getting the uh, the shaking fist of doom. Right. Are you guys going to talk about it? No, but we will ruin it. But we for will you. spoil it for you. Yes. How would that be? Is that. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. Didn't mean to. Although yeah. that actually is what we, I mean, that is what we do on essentially, but yeah, that is what we do. I mean, theoretically yeah. we should be spending at least half this show talking about that show, but uh, yeah, on this show, we, yeah. we spoil everything, uh, particularly those shorts. So we uh, spoil everything. That's, yeah. that's uh, that'll be our motto in Latin. Yeah. And, and to go back to this uh, continuing conversation here, uh, uh, John specifically said, we're not discussing it because these guys haven't seen it. Uh, yes. And then we did. But now we're coming back to the guys who haven't seen it. So there you go. <laughs> Except I think, oh, I, I think one of them has, though, right? You guys, uh, nobody, no, nobody's it's watched the shorts. Spoiler. Wait, nobody's watched the shorts. Nobody yeah. watched the shorts. Okay. Ira, you watch season one, watched. but you have not watched the shorts. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, there you go. Harry Mudd, some stuff happens, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh. All right. So let me ask you a question. We, when we were doing um, Mission Log um, you know, back for the original series and then went into the animated series, we actually did this thing where we doubled up on the animated series. So for the 22 episodes, I believe it was, we actually did 11. Yeah, we did 11. And there were people who wrote in before we did the animated series saying, please, for the love of God, skip the animated series. And we kind of felt like, well, we can't really skip it because we have to include it. But tell you what we'll do. We'll give it short shrift because we honestly didn't expect to find that much. And I want to say like by the second week, so we're four episodes in, it's not like we thought we'd made a mistake, but I think we were both amazed at how much Trek there was. That was kind of our take. Yes. I'm curious what, what you're thinking as you, I mean, you've now watched it. Your episodes haven't come out. And for, again, the love of God, don't spoil what's coming. <laughs> we're <gonna> but <laughs> there's a dude with three arms. <laughs> what? <laughs> Crazy. Um, yeah, man. Our reaction to it was definitely um, it's it's not the hittest Mm-mm. of hit and miss, you know, tracks for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what we saw mostly was the potential. Oh, enormous potential. The, the fact that there has not been another animated Trek series Criminal. is a crime. Yeah. And because we, we feel that that universe within an animated series can just blow people away. And that was mostly our problem. That was the, the, the I mean, we still very much enjoyed it, but that I, like, if we were to have a, <laughs> a note, a note to give, it would be like, man, you got to take more advantage of the medium that you're using, which is you can do anything. Yeah. We, we think it just, some of the episodes just didn't go for it. We even we were even watching it going, oh, they could have just done things in the episode that they can't normally do in our in our real world realm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just we love animation. So. It it is weird because you go back and you watch the animation and it seems sort of cheap. It seems sort of um, crap, I guess. And yet. Uh, what was the trivia on that, John? That was like one of the most one of the most expensive animated shows being made at the time. It, it was you know, for a show that cut as many corners as it did. It was still very expensive to produce. Um, but it, it, yeah, it, clearly it's not up to the animation of like a feature film. But it was very much of its time. If you look at other things being cranked out by filmation in the seventies mm-hmm. and other studios, Hanna Barbera during that yeah. early mid seventies period, they all kind of did the same things. You know, yeah. running like seven. Frames a second. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, so you, I mean, Japan yeah. was way ahead of the game at the time. Yeah. It would have been amazing to have had, you know, had a Japanese studio on their hands. Oh. But I mean, that, that makes me think, wasn't TOS, wasn't the original series a very expensive show for the time? It was. And yeah. but then they had to keep cutting corners. You know, yes. by the time you get to the yes. third season, they're spending a lot less. I mean, but, 
Yeah. As I think we all know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But as we all know, that happens a lot. A TV show comes on and it's a hit enough, but then the studio says, wow, look at what you did. We're going to cut the budget. Yeah. Yeah. Trim, trim, trim. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, by the way, some some more interesting uh, uh, comments here. Uh, 50 foot Spock is still out there. Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. That's right. He is. Yeah. Uh, Rick says, I wish CBS would reanimate TAS with modern techniques. Oh, I think. That is a, a very cool idea. Carlos points out that background music that played over and over again. Carlos, I have to tell you, uh, La La Land Records did a release of the soundtrack correctly yeah. mixed. Um, but I think you can even find a very poorly mixed version on YouTube and just listen to all 15 minutes. And that's all there is. Love the music. 15 <laughs> minutes. That's in, amazing. Is that including the theme song? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I go to sleep to that. Yeah, it's great. Right? <laughs> just put that on a loop. And it's it's fantastic. I, I love that. Um, we actually have news about two new animated series. So they announced the one that Mike McMahon from Rick and Morty and uh, TNG season eight is writing about the yeah. lower decks. And that's I about have, all four I, of I, us. I cannot yeah. wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> so are you a Rick and Morty fan? Is that why or what? Uh... All of the all of the above. I mean, I, the primarily the reason I applauded is because of exactly what, you know, our reaction to the animated series was, which was this is untapped potential. Yeah. Like this is this is something that hasn't been done with Trek to the full like extent that it can go even if it is a kid like even if they did go yeah. the same direction and make it a kid show like there are some brilliant kids cartoons that have been made over the years, mm-hmm. you know, and Trek could like, yeah, like I, it, it's just been a long time coming. That's the main reason, but yes, I do love Rick and Morty. Yeah, well, that is, that is the second one, of course, because there's the Rick and Morty thing, but then I guess just in the past, what couple of days, John, or maybe yeah. five days, maybe there's been the announcement that they're going to have a, an animated series that is geared more towards yeah. kids as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's great. I'll watch it. I can't wait. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the potential. In their target demographic, I feel fairly certain. (laughs) 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 But I mean, I I do wonder, like, when they say that it's going to be a kids-oriented thing, like, what is that going to be? Like, I'm thinking about things like I haven't watched Star Wars Rebels. I did watch. um, I think I watched part of Clone Wars a bit. Uh, The robots drove me crazy. Uh, The rest of it seemed kind of interesting. I don't know if Rebels is supposed to be geared towards kids or not, but I know there are a lot of people who are really immersed in the Star, uh, Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Who really think it's watching a, that show. Yeah, who think it's a fantastic thing. So when they say geared towards kids, I wonder if they just mean it won't be as violent and, say, cursy as uh, Discovery is, but, I mean, it'll still... Like, would they consider uh, TOS to be geared towards kids at this point? I mean, what are we talking oh, yeah. about when we say geared towards kids? Are we talking know. about, like, you know, starship babies or something well, I like think that, that? I mean, I think there's even there's even examples of, of uh, cartoons that were geared towards kids that were actually centered around kids that are brilliant, too. I mean, like, I would pray for a Star Trek series that was something like Legend of Korra or, you know, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Like, hmm. those are, br- like, on every level, even for adults, brilliant shows. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. So, I mean, it, it's, it all depends on who's making it, you know, and, and, yeah. and the execution. I was even thinking of something like, uh, like Batman, the animated series in the early nineties, yes. mm-hmm. how fantastic yes. that was. And yeah. I think Paul Dini uh, works on the animated series of the Star Trek show of the, of the star trek show also oh so he, really he's yeah. yeah i don't know exactly oh, i don't know i, know I, I don't know his position but he also helps produce well, that's a that show or he helped produce that show as well and batman the animated series was something that was geared toward kids but Definitely. it had a, a lot of adult elements into it and as well yeah and i'm, I'm thinking I, about yesteryear yeah i mean oh, of course yesteryear is like <laughs> the go-to for animated series yeah. if you're watching one episode from that yeah um, but, but I think, yeah, I mean, like that to me is the potential of even even a Star Trek series that is quote unquote geared towards kids. Mm-hmm. That episode is fantastic. Yeah, even yeah. watching it as a thirty something year old man. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean to your point. I mean, I think about movies that have come out that are theoretically geared toward and appropriate for kids. Toy Story or uh, Big Hero Six. I was really surprised yeah. at that movie. 
had these really heavy themes in it, but it was clearly something that a kid could enjoy and then grow into as you look at, uh, as we might say, the morals, meanings, messages. And I, I want to clear something up real quick because there are some people in the chat who are not familiar with Rick and Morty. And uh, I just want to clear it up. It's not the guys who created Rick and Morty, which is a great series in its own right. It is really funny and really smart and very weird. Um, so check it out if you can. That's why it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Mike McMahon, who actually created a Twitter account, TNG Season 8, which is hilarious yeah. and absolutely inspired. It's just him riffing on what would be comedically in, a, in an eighth season of Next Gen. And then he wrote a book of that as well. He, he has been a writer and producer on Rick and Morty. So he is the person who is developing this yeah. one animated yes. series out of the two clearly he knows his star trek the Mm -hmm. ins and the outs and what makes it funny as well so i love the idea that we we now live in a time with these five or six potential star trek series coming down the road that you can have the funny one you can have the kid one you can have the starfleet academy one there's room yeah. for all of it. Just, it all, it all yeah. comes down to execution for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, sure. If it's well executed, it'll like, it will play. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we'll watch it. <laughs> right. So <laughs> we will, we will, <laughs> if you don't mind, I, I want to keep asking you some questions that sort of tie back into what we did on mission log, because you guys are the only guys that I've talked to who've done the same thing that we've done. As far really? as as far as as far as going back and watching a rewatch of everything, yes. Hmm. So so the other the other question I have is I want to I want to ask about uh, what you notice as far as differences with the characters hmm. from what was on TV to what happened in the movies, and you know, uh, take out the bigger budget, take out the take out the makeup. Uh, talk to me about what you saw with the characters at that point. Like like uh, so, Kirk caught you in Corbin might maneuver, and then he kept mm-hmm. you in City on the Edge of Forever. Yeah, Kirk's Kirk's and kind of a different guy in those movies. Spock is a very different guy in those movies. Talk to me about, uh, talk to me about that, that sort of difference that you got to study. I, uh, you know, being, uh, having discovered these characters for the first time, really, um, and watching the original series, they, it was, it was great. And it, it had its, it had its thing. And, and I love that very, very much. And I still made us very, fall in love with the characters. Made us fall in love with the characters. Yeah. That's why it was fantastic to do that. But when we got to the movies, like immediately something felt stuff got real. They, everyone felt like it was game time and they showed up, you know, every in performance wise, story wise, just character and, and personal also like everyone just felt like we're going to do this. And every movie felt like, Hey, this may be our last one. So let's Mm -hmm. tell the story. Right. That's a really good way to put it. Every one of them felt like that. Like go for broke. Yeah. Cause and that's what you don't necessarily get from the grind of television. You don't, you don't. And that's one thing that's really great about movies. It's like, look, we have one chance to tell this story that we want to tell. We don't have next week to continue these stories with these characters. We got one shot and, just like you said, they, they took that break in between of that that long break from the show to the movie. So they had time away. So coming back to it, they really felt like they were just throwing everything at the screen and you felt it immediately. I was completely immersed in the characters and having known them, it's, it's almost emotional thinking about it because they were at that point, they felt like family Hmm. revisiting you and, and Hmm. and you wanted, and you were rooting for them with, with the simplest task. And you were on, you were not that you weren't on their side before, but you were really, you were really with them. And you were really tied to them emotionally and you were connected to them throughout every little journey that they had within the movie. Everything felt so much more real, right? Like my art as maligned and justifiably. So as the, as the first movie is star Trek, the motion picture. Mm -hmm. Oh, let's get into that. Let's talk. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The, the, the other side of that is what that movie nailed was the sense of this is what Gene always pictured star trek being in his yeah. head yeah and that was just like it still just gives me chills it's, thinking about it, that. it's characters included oh absolutely it's romantic almost in a way i mean and I'm, I'm 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 maybe i'm grasping for words here but it is it's romantic in a sense where when i saw it i was going my my 
Lord, this is, they're really showing us the, the movie. They're showing us this presentation, like you said, that Gene had in his head. And I felt every second of that, whether, however you felt about the movies, they showed up on every single one of them. Uh, then- John Krikorian in the chat says, TMP is awesome. Fight me. Uh, <laughs> we won't fight you. We won't. No, no. We'll, we'll fight the others with you, buddy. Here's the thing. Not only do I think it's a great movie, I, I think it, it ages well. I appreciate it more the more I watch it. Yeah. And, and I also think that just in terms of the Star Trek mythos, it's a very necessary movie. That you have to have that movie for Spock's story to complete. And we get to tell Spock's whole story over 25 years by the time we get to the undiscovered yeah. country. It's kind of wonderful to get that much depth out of that character over that time. It's yes. really cool. Part of me wonders too, if you couldn't argue that that's kind of one of the last big old movies in a way. And the only thing I'm thinking about is the overture. Which, which I mean, honestly, when I was going back watching it for mission epic. log, I thought there was something wrong because there was like nothing. Like, nothing black screen. But there was music going, and I was like, "What is this?" What? And I was like, "Wow, okay, I yeah." Because that was seventy nine. We already yeah. had Star Wars at that point. I mean, yeah. that harkens back to the epics, the you know, the yeah. cinemascope, uh, you know, super widescreen when epics films of the fifties and sixties. You know, yeah. films were a thing. You you you, yeah. you were presented, and it was an event. It felt like you were you were you were you were there. You were at something. You know what I mean? It was amazing. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. I I had to uh i i i went and saw um spider-man in the spider-verse recently and the reason is because i wanted to see it on a big screen it doesn't matter how big your tv is i mean (laughs) if it needs to be on a big screen it needs to be on a big screen yeah yeah. sadly it was actually an old movie theater so it was kind of a small big screen but still but still big Um, this is still right (laughs) still big and still and you're still watching it at that point with like a hundred some odd people or however many people were there which is also kind of a neat uh kind of a neat sort of sort of shared experience. Yes. Oh yeah. There's an energy with the Nothing crowd. Nothing beats the shoulder to shoulder with strangers watching a movie. That, 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 that's the stuff that I love. It's, man. it's like that makes movies to me. When you're sticky, so, floors. sticky floors. You know I mean? <laughs> Popcorn. You're like, sh- you're shushing people every now and again. It's like, that's, yeah. that's an experience to me. You know? It's true. That's, though, it it is. Experience. It, it really I know is. that there are theaters with recliners and heated seats and things that people love. This was a, <laughs> this was like a, this was a place called, um, is a chain called AMC classic. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It was out in the suburbs someplace. And AMC I think AMC, Classic? I believe AMC Classic huh. is AMC's way of saying, you're making just enough money that we're not going to close it. I've <laughs> <laughs> got it. <laughs> but we're also not going to fix it. But there are enough of these around the country, apparently, that they actually have a name so for it. So anything that I called... have to speed up in ghetto now, I'm calling it Classic. Classic. Right. Yeah. Civic <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, it was weird, though, because it was like stepping back in time. Honestly, it reminded me of the theater where I first saw TMB because, yes, the floors were still sticky. And, yeah, I don't know how long that carpet has been there. I will say really quickly, it was also the first theater I've been to where they ran a thing at the beginning that was basically you're on your own. It was kind of odd. They were like, "Mm, we want everybody to enjoy their experience here. Please make sure that you know where your valuables are at all times. Also, look around and familiarize yourself with the location of all emergency exits. And I'm like, do they know something we don't? (laughs) This place might catch fire anytime. There's one exit the door does not open. (laughs) Classic theaters didn't have fire extinguishers, gentlemen. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's really yeah. So look for the AMC classic. Seriously, I do applaud them for actually, you know, still being out there and doing their thing. Yeah. Hey, we're going to uh, we're going to uh, go back in a moment to our guest, but I want to really re- quickly remind people um, how to read the thing that I'm supposed to be reading. We've got another show coming up. Well, we don't have another show coming up, but the Roddenberry Podcast Network has another show coming up after this one. So please do me a favor when we're done here. Stay on Facebook and cut to the live recording of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Uh, each Tuesday night at 11.30 Eastern, 8.30 Pacific, Elijah, Kenna, and Tony bring you news from all over the Star Trek multiverse. It's TV and movie news. It's gaming news. It's literary reviews, plus a whole lot more. As I say, they kick off at uh, half past the hour when we're done. So don't go anywhere. Or if you do go someplace, take your portable viewing device with you and watch uh, Priority One recording at facebook.com slash Priority One podcast. And if you can't catch the live show, uh, do catch them on Friday because that is when their show drops. Look for it on iTunes or on Spotify or on Stitcher. 
or on any of those other places where people get podcasts. Hey, we're on Pandora, by the way. Did you know that, John? What? What? Yeah, we're Pandora? on Pandora. I, I don't remember yet if, uh, if Priority One is on there. Yeah, Pandora added uh, podcasts Ooh. a few weeks ago. And we're there and we're happy to be. So pretty, pretty much uh, wherever you turn your head, you should be able to find a podcast. And we hope Great. you'll find uh, yeah, Mission Log and Mission Log Live and Women at Warp and the Truck Files and uh, Priority One. And all of the above. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, John, uh, I know it's hey. been a while, so you may have forgotten to uh, tell our guests uh, about the lightning round because you're always good about that. Oh. You're always good about telling people about the lightning round. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, the thing is, I, I haven't actually, yeah, I hadn't met Josh really before this. And Ira and I, I mean, we talk sporadically. So, yeah, I just. See, it kind of, when we were talking, I didn't, I didn't say anything about a lightning round. If there's anything I hate more than quizzes, it's pop quizzes. And lightning. Well, Well, you're in luck, boys. Yeah, Yeah, so the the next 10 minutes will just fly... <clears throat> okay. Painfully. Uh, and, and I don't know how you, what do we want to do, John? Do we want to have both guys answer each question or do you want to back and forth or what do you want to do? Uh, no, I think, I think both should answer each question. Uh, okay. uh, no stealing from each other. No cheating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. None of this, none of this, he took mine business. Favorite bad episode of star Trek. Oh goodness. What's, what's uh, the one with Ruck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're in the, the gladiator arena, you know, fighting um, uh, the giant, the giant ruck guy. I mine's from TOS as well. I don't know if it's considered a bad episode mm-hmm. because I genuinely love it. But I mud. Oh yeah. Okay. With yeah, the interesting. Yeah. Love it. Oh no, 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 no. I gotta say, um, Spock's brain. We Wait. love Spock's brain. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So do we. By the way, did you just say robot like a, a 1950s TV yes. announcer? Like yes. Isaac Asimov? <laughs> okay, good. You don't say robot? Good. No, I, it, it, we, we had a whole discussion about this, about how robot needs to come back. Yeah. It does. It really does. Yeah. And what would be really great is robots who speak Klingon. Yeah. Who speak Klingon. Yeah. Um, Porthos, or Spot? Oh. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Porthos. Yeah, Porthos. Yeah, definitely. Porthos for you too. I like Porthos. Well, if you're going Porthos, I'll go Spot. No, I like Porthos. <laughs> I, I love them both. I really do. It's a good answer. It's a good answer. All right, favorite tech from Star Trek. Your favorite technology from Trek. Mm. I'm gonna say tricorder for me. Just because I got one, I got one of those Playmates one when I was a kid, and oh, I loved it so much. Oh, it was my favorite. Quark's holodecks. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, those were, I mean, I have a feeling those you would be awesome. Dirty, dirty. <laughs> I, I have to hand it to you. Those are both new answers on this show. So, Woo! yeah, well, well done. I, I like that right. with the tricorder. Yeah. Oh, All right. Uh, favorite Star Trek movie. Oh, which one was that one? Is it was it was it was that the one Twalk for me? Was that the Rathacon, one Rathacon. No, it I was the no. one mine was four, yeah. Yes. The one that Spock directed he directed yeah. that, right? Yeah, mine was yeah. four. Well yeah. Leonard directed well, it. Yeah, Leonard, Spock. yeah. Yeah. I call he directed Spock, no matter what he does. <laughs> he directed three and four, actually, not to be too much of a nerd, but yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Four, uh, yeah. I think we know Josh's answer on this, but uh Ten Ford or Quarks? <laughs> Oh man, I gotta go quarks, man. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> All day, every day. It's it's ten it's ten forward for me. Oh, God. Your home in the stars is DS9. If I had to pick one place to go in terms of Star Trek universe, it would be Deep Space Nine. Yeah. I love that I love that crew. That's that's family to me. Whenever I watch them, I feel like I'm watching people that I've known for years. Mine, mine is the nineties Marriott in space. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's mine. So, nice. that's you like the D. Yeah. You like the D. I are either of you watching? Are either of you watching the Orville? By the way, no. I yeah, I've seen it sporadically. Yeah, they had a, they had a fantastic thing last week that I know was just based on on uh, on TNG, where a new security officer came on and they like, so how do you like the ship? And he's like, oh, oh it's great. Uh, really digging the carpets. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I, was I, fantastic. Saw I was totally yeah. that. Uh, favorite holiday character. Oh, good question, y'all. Hmm. Moriarty. Mm. God, I was going to say Moriarty. 
Well, there's all right. The yeah. US. There's the US. No, 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 no. I, uh, I have, I have um, uh, uh, Vic from um, Vic from Fontaine. Oh, Vic Fontaine. Fontaine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's Vic. that's my, that's my boy, Vic Fontaine. Yeah. Hey. Played played by the great James Darren. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite Star Trek bad guy. Ooh. And I'll, I'll even qualify oh. by saying it doesn't have to be bad. We're just talking about the right. foil. We're just okay. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. I'll go. I'll do cut. Yeah. Oh man! Okay. All day, yeah. man. F yeah. you. He's so, he's so he's so. Okay, no, mine's from the same series. Mine's Kai Wen. Oh, yeah. she is deliciously oh. evil. She is. Oh. That's right. She makes my skin crawl. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> man, the she becomes Kai. Yeah, we're not there yet. So, way to go. That's actually, I did know that one. Oh, sorry. One T. Spoiler alert. Every time. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, favorite starship? Mm. You know, I honestly, I love the Enterprise D. I, I do. I think that's just yeah. because it's just the first one that the first I, one fell, in first one I fell in love with. I would say the Enterprise D. Man, mine's mine vacillates between the the D and the refit. Um, so I'll say refit. It's just such an elegant ship, man. Yeah, that that's the correct answer. So uh, thank you for that. <laughs> and and of course, the last question that we ask everybody: uh, Have either of you been to Vulcan, Alberta, Canada? No, no. I want to okay. go. I yeah. go for All right. Is this a place? Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. It is. Yeah, and they do it like do it like a convention every year. So much. And they have a they have a giant enterprise right in the middle of town. We hear, and members of the town council actually dress up as members of uh, what is it of Starfleet or of the yeah. Federation Council? Yeah, uh, Starfleet, and I, I think they have you know you have like the the Vulcan roller rink, and you have the the, the <laughs> as they want a mortuary. It is logical to skate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just say everything in there. Blockwise. Vulcan barbecue. It's very yeah. exactly. Exactly. Vulcan French press. Exactly. Never, never a couple skate though, because it's not logical that you should kick people out who paid good money just because See? they don't have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever. Right. <laughs> Right, it makes no sense. Come on, none whatsoever. It's got to be hard for Vulcans to meet each other, right? It really does, like romantically. <laughs> yeah, like they're like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just skip to the marriage. Check back with me in seven years. Yeah. <laughs> 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 guys i i just want to ask you before we go because we, we got a couple of minutes here to wrap this up and i you, you know you did this this journey together with all of tos uh but you were star trek fans before the fact and, and i'm just curious you know one of the things that ken and i do and and kind of the goal with mission log is at the end of the day um Try to figure out what the message is from Star Trek. Everybody takes away something a little bit different. Everybody who's a fan probably gets a little something different out of Star Trek. And I'm, I'm curious, particularly with you, Josh, because this was all new to you. Yeah. What do you think the original series was trying to do? What do you think it was trying to say? Acceptance. Hmm. Fully acceptance for everyone and anyone. It didn't matter who you were, where you were from, what you were about, what you believed in. No matter what, I think that's Starfleet's message. You know, it's acceptance. You know, with all the different races and aliens and places we went, um, and even the fans that are welcomed in from if you've watched it as a little boy or a little girl, and or you started watching it as an adult, you're accepted, and even in the community, you're accepted as well. It's accepted on the on the show with characters, it's acceptance, and then within the community with all of us, it's this social acceptance as well. And that's what I picked up from it, being a newer fan and and talking to people that have watched it, you know, throughout their entire life. Yeah, the podcast has really connected us to the show, but also to wonderful, wonderful people like you. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been so welcoming and so accepting. It's amazing. And, And you don't feel judged you just you 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 will both love the same thing you all love the same thing and you bond over that and it's it's beautiful you know i gotta ask do you guys go to the uh, vegas convention and if you haven't yet how excited are you to come this year for the first time because seriously after that i think you need to come out 
we have an announcement to make. <laughs> oh. <laughs> For the very first time ever, yep. Josh. I will be attending the Vegas convention this year. Yes. With, with nice. Yeah. Awesome. I've been before. We're going, we're going. Awesome. <laughs> okay. It's going to be Josh's first Star Trek convention. Full stop. Yeah. I, w- I was trying to go last year. It just didn't happen. So I'm like, nope, I have to make this happen. And so this yeah. year, it's happening we're going to be there and I'm sure I'm it's so going excited. to be a blast. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. It's weird because there have always been sort of like, well, I say always for the past six years, I guess is how long I've been going six or seven years. And there have been two points on the calendar for me. It's Christmas. And then it's, you know, Christmas in <laughs> Vegas right. and that's it. I mean, it's, it's, it's so I'm, it's really cool. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're going to be out there because, um, yeah, everything that you're talking about. I mean, it is sort of a neat thing to have happen here, but then to be in a room with a you know a few thousand people. Yeah, I'm and so, uh, so excited for that. Absolutely. Yeah. We just want to say thank you so much for having us on, you guys. It's really been an honor and the ship and a pleasure. I've, I've been looking at your ships. Yes, we have back. to say, John, your ships. <laughs> are amazing. I've been trying to look you in the eye and I'm like, oh, look at that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so separated and everything. Like, look at those lighting up. <laughs> well, credit where credit is due. These were actually made uh, uh, complements of Malpass models, M-A-L-P-A-S models uh, for, for Rod and for kind of the Roddenberry collection. So, and they're so cool. Come by sometimes. You can see them up close. They, they light up and uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're excellent. So come by hey, really quickly. We would love remind people who, who uh, want to find out more about your show. What's the best place to go? What's the best place to find it? We're at two guys, one trek.com all spelled out two guys, one trek. Um, and just search for us on social media. We're on social media, two guys, one trek. Yeah. Well, I really, I really appreciate both of you joining us tonight and um, yeah, looking forward to seeing you in Vegas. If not before that. Absolutely. Yeah. In the meantime, I want to let everybody know Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer Rod Roddenberry. Technical production this week. Again, huge thanks to Earl Green for jumping in and uh, and actually, you know, getting his show in the stream. Now, we would love it if you would check out the Mission Log shop eh, if you want to, because do we still have things in the Mission Log yeah, shop? we got two or three things there. Yeah, uh, by and find out. Go to the yeah. uh, you know missionlogpodcast.com and then click shop on the upper right-hand corner and uh, and see what's left. Uh, be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry Podcast Network, including not just Mission Log and Mission Log Live, but also Women at War, Priority One, and The Trek Files. Thanks to everybody who joined us live or later, and we will talk to you next week. Podcast.roddenberry.com, the Roddenberry Podcast Network.